Welcome to Becoming a Sleep Consultant. I'm your host, Jane Havens, a certified sleep consultant and founder of both Snooze Fest by Jane Havens and Center for Pediatric Sleep Management. On this podcast, I'll be discussing the business side of sleep consulting. You'll have an insider's view on launching, growing, and even scaling a sleep consulting business. This is not a podcast about sleep training. This is a podcast about business building and entrepreneurship. Sarah Alter is a veteran entrepreneur, business coach, certified life coach, and the founder of The Moment Group. Sarah has consulted for businesses of all sizes, from multinational corporations to early stage startups. Sarah founded her first global business, Pretty Please Nail Polish, in 2010. Pretty Please was a first-to-market, customized nail polish business. Sarah founded Moment Consulting in 2019, offering business strategy and consulting services to mom entrepreneurs. She built a team and expanded her business into an agency rebranding as The Moment Group in 2023. She now offers a wide range of in-house services to support moms taking their businesses to the next level. Sarah has been featured for her entrepreneurial achievements in Forbes, Entrepreneur Magazine, CEO Mom Magazine, and in Condé Nast Fingerprints, where she was selected as their creative innovator. Sarah holds a bachelor's degree in apparel design from the University of Delaware, a certificate in entrepreneurship essentials from Harvard Business School, and a certificate in women in entrepreneurship from Cornell University. She sits on the advisory boards of Intentionally Unplugged, a digital well-being organization, and Planner Consulting, a youth-led mental health support nonprofit. Sarah, welcome to the Becoming a Sleep Consultant podcast. I'm very excited to be having this conversation with you today. Very excited to be here. Thanks. So, of course. So the topic of today's podcast is investing in yourself, which is funny because, Sarah, you and I had this exact conversation inside of the Becoming a Sleep Consultant Facebook group several years ago. Okay. I actually look back and it was January of 2021. So wow. almost exactly three years ago, we had this conversation. And more recently, I was scrolling Instagram and came across one of your posts that you had made on this topic and texted you. It was like, we need to discuss this. And I think you were like, we already did. <laughs> uh, but, but I wanted to have it again, because I think you and I are in different places in our lives and in our careers and in our entrepreneurial journeys. And I thought we could sort of unpack it on a deeper level and and just rehash. Um, so I guess my first question is, why do you think it's so hard for people, women in particular, to invest in themselves? You know, I think it's um, I think it's a a handful of different things. I think one of the reasons is because most women that are in a situation where they're thinking about starting a business, because let's be clear in women do not have a problem in investing in themselves when it comes to a ton of things in their lives you know when it comes to self care exercise shopping you know travel um just anything like recreational going out to eat drinks you know there's a ton of things that women are perfectly comfortable purchasing i think when it comes to um like you know their education and uh, the growth of a business, it's 
a different situation because they almost have to go to their husband and kind of switch this role where they're almost, it feels like they're asking for money for something that isn't necessary in a lot of ways. You know, like, it's kind of like, I don't know, I'm going to try this thing and I don't know if it's going to work. And, you know, there's no guarantee that it'll work. And I know that you're bringing in the money and, you know, it feels very risky um, in a lot of ways where I think a lot of the other things that, you know, women, myself included purchase, it's like, you know, tangible, or we already know what the result's going to be. And even if it is something like Botox, for example, you know, that that's a good example is like really expensive and absolutely not necessary, but everyone's like, I'm not missing that, you know, six months. It's going to make me, it's going to make me look good. Poison to make me look good. Like that seems like a really good investment. So I think it's, you know, I think it's risky. I think it's just also like, you know, like when your husband or partner goes to work, like in their job, they're making money. They don't need to spend money to make money in a lot of situations unless they're also entrepreneurial. Whereas for women, because they're in these positions where oftentimes they can't go back to work because of their family structure, or they don't want to go back to work full-time because of their family structure. Um, you know, they, it's like, there's a, you have to put money in to see money come back out. And I think that's overwhelming. Yeah. I don't know. I see, I, for those who I speak to on a day-to-day basis, I speak to like a really wide range and variety of people. Uh, Some women, and it's not just women. I actually uh, spoke to a guy yesterday who's interested in becoming a sleep consultant and it happens. But for the sake of this conversation, I think we'll talk about women because that's the majority. Um, Uh, Some of them are stay-at-home moms. Some of them are professionals. Uh, But if they're professionals, they're generally in careers like teaching or nursing where they're used to sort of just like showing up and getting a paycheck. Mm -hmm. And and maybe they have a higher level of education, whether it's a master's or, you know, whatever they have. Um, But they've been using it their entire adult career and that's what's comfortable and that's what they know. And, and I think you spoke to this a little bit that like when you are investing in yourself in like an entrepreneurial environment, uh, there is perceived risk, right? Like what if, what if I spend this money and nothing comes back? And I think that that's worth unpacking because the way that I look at it is like the only way for it to not come back is if you quit and give up on yourself, which is really, I think what women don't want to admit is that like, they have to just work at it and keep working at it until something comes of it. It, Like, like we're not in, especially in entrepreneurship, it's usually not an overnight success situation. It's not a like, we're not like winning at the slot machines. We're putting in work and time and energy to like, develop this new skill and craft and, and business. And that takes time for to nurture it and to grow it. Absolutely. And I think, you know, another reason why women are slow to invest too, is because um, I think a lot of the time you early on, you think you can do it yourself. And so 
there is this mentality of like, before I invest any money, let me go out and try it on my own and see what I can do, which I, I think is incredible. Um, you know, when I started my first business, I wasn't married and I didn't have kids and I had all the time in the world to experiment and try and fail and try and fail and ultimately figure it out where I needed to invest to support me in the areas where I wasn't succeeding. I think for moms, which is, you know, primarily the people that you and I work with, um, it's, you know, they're in a different situation. We have limited time. We have limited resources. Um, you know, there isn't a lot of, um, you know, space to go and like learn how to start scale market and, you know, a business. So for a lot of moms in particular, it's like, yes, you could start, like you're, you're smart, you're capable. All these women had, you know, have had great education and careers in their previous life, but starting and, and growing a business is a totally different animal. So it's like, could you do it with the time? Yes. But if you really want to get something up and running and also have it set up and running in a way that feels like you can also be a mom and have your life at the same time that you're making money and your business is, you know, continuing on, then, you know, it's, it's worth the investment. Yeah. You touched on something that I actually had in my notes that I was going to bring up later, the idea of uh, investing dollars versus time, right? Mm -hmm. um, this actually came up because somebody who I spoke to yesterday, who's interested in becoming a sleep consultant said to me that they have been thinking about entering this field for three years. Mm -hmm. And I thought, wow, mm -hmm. like, this person has been contemplating this, and like, you know, wavering and stewing over it for three years. Wow. And like, could we even imagine where her business would be? You know, if she had just gotten started, like, you know, there's, there's a cost associated with not investing in yourself, right? Which For is sure. being stuck in the same place that you were three years ago. Yes. And that is probably the third, the third reason why I think women don't invest in themselves, which is makes a lot of sense too, before you start is that there is a fear of failure. There's a feel fear of imposter syndrome, particularly with moms that are have left a career to, or put their career on pause to be at home with their families. Um, there's a lot of times when they come back to think about work again and think about starting businesses, it's in a different field. So there is a lot of that imposter syndrome of like, you know, this is my interest. This is, you know, like I work with a lot of service-based businesses because I mean, it's very common that let's just say like, you know, when you, when your kids get older and you buy your first home and then you decorate your first home and you discover a love for interior design, for example. And so, you know, I had a few clients that were in that boat and then started interior design businesses, but, you know, they weren't formally trained. This was just something that they were really good at and people were asking them for help. And they were like, you know, maybe I could do this professionally. And that's how a lot of, you know, these next chapters start. But I think there is that insecurity of like, you know, am I good enough? Can I, you know, really serve people or support people in the way that they need? And is this the kind of thing that I would put money towards, you know, like maybe this is just a one-off and like one person liked what I did and no one's going to hire me again. 
So I think, you know, there's like a, a, a confidence and fear-based hesitation too. Yeah. I actually really resonate with that story. I mean, even though I don't work in interior design, that's how my journey started, right? I was really good at getting my own kids to sleep. I sleep trained them early. My friends were asking for help. I did it as a hobby. I was like, I'm pretty good at this. And, <laughs> and at some point I decided to turn it from like a hobby into a business. And actually for me, the most important thing that I did in that whole journey was invest in myself by taking a training. Yeah. And, and at the time, I actually thought I knew everything. I thought like, I'm really good at this. I know exactly what I'm doing. I like I had nothing but success stories. Like I'd helped all my friends and I'd even helped friends of friends. Um, but the interesting thing is like, I didn't know what I didn't know. Right. right. And so I thought I knew everything, but I didn't. I, I took a training and I actually learned a ton. And that made me realize, wow, like there's so much more out there than what I thought I knew. And there's so many ways, different ways to support families. You know, the other thing that I didn't know is I didn't know how to like I was just texting with friends. I was just helping them really informally. I didn't know how to show up as a professional Right. And to coach parents through sleep training in a way that was worthy of me charging, you know, yeah. um, I, I was getting families results, but I wasn't like writing them a written sleep plan. I wasn't getting on a coaching call with them. I wasn't helping them in the way that was most productive, both for them as the client and for me as, as the business owner. And I needed to learn all of those processes and systems so that I could run an efficient business. And I got all of that by investing in myself and taking a training. And, you know, I definitely had that thought in my head, like, do I really need to take a course? Like, do these courses really mean anything? Are they accredited? Does it matter? Do clients care? And I had all of those thoughts in my head. And ultimately, I did it because I actually had some imposter syndrome. I felt like, who am I to yeah. charge for this support if I haven't been properly trained? And so I literally did it just to like kick the imposter syndrome to the curb. And, and it was a great investment because I learned a ton and it set me up to properly support families and to run a successful business. So you yeah. Know, and I think that's all around, you know, it's, it's twofold, you know, if you're talking about the investment in in continuing education, it does build your credibility. I did the same thing before I started, you know, officially doing consulting. Um, you know, I took a couple of online, you know, credited courses and I did that. I was the same. I was like, you know, I don't really need this to do what I'm going to be doing, but I think it'll give, not only will it give my clients confidence in me, but it really gave my, I, I, I needed confidence in myself. So, you know, I think as we've seen in the last couple of years, as the world is shifting to such a huge focus on wellness, that, you know, my hope is that this investment in continuing education and, and self, you know, that it extends to self-care for women too, because I think, you know, mentally, emotionally, what you get from continuing to learn and experience new things outside of your family life, whether you're going to, you know, move on to start a business with that information or not is so valuable. Um, and then, 
you know, of course, that's just one area of an, of investing in yourself. Um, yeah. You know, there's tons of other areas in a business where it's really worth investing too. Yeah. The other thing that investing initially did for me, which I'm just realizing now, but it's so important, is it sort of held me accountable to actually show up yes. and work hard on my business. Yes. Right. And we say this, I say this all the time to people who are interested in hiring me for sleep support. You know, sometimes they want a deal, they want to get like the cheapest price, or they want someone to support them for, for give give me give them a little bit of free advice, whatever it is. And I always tell my clients like actually them paying me is a large part of what's going to make them successful. You no, know, and whenever I've ever, yeah, whenever I've ever helped families for free, which I do from time to time for various reasons, um, it never goes as well as when I charge my full fee, you know, and, and I saw that to be true when I invested in my own business, you know, I, when I spent a few thousand dollars to get my business up and running, all of a sudden I had this fire under my tush to mm -hmm. figure out a way to make it back and have a profitable business because I didn't want to lose that money. And I wasn't going to allow myself to not get a return on my investment. It just wasn't in the cards for me. Absolutely. And that's another really important thing when it comes to investing um, in a business too. I think that, you know, a lot of, a lot of women that, you know, that I work with or that I talk to, they, you know, they're, they have big ideas about what they want to do, um, you know, professionally. And, and when it gets to the point to start the business, they have all of the idea, like the creative ideas, they have, you know, the product or the service or who they're going to sell to um, kind of laid out in their heads. But what they haven't thought about yet is how much am I willing to invest in this business upfront, whether it succeeds, whether it fails, you know, what, what am I comfortable with within, you know, whether it's your own money that you're, you know, have saved away to invest in this, or it's your family's finances, and you need to talk to your partner about it first, you know, to say, okay, we're going to start, I'm going to start off and I'm going to take, um, you know, $5,000. And that's the money that I have to spend across this business over the next six months. And let's see what I can do during that time with this money. And if it doesn't work, we're going to be comfortable um, if we don't see a return. But, you know, if I work my ass off and I do what I set out to do and I don't give up, then I will know that based on the cost of my services that I've set out or based on the amount of product that I, I know that I need to sell, this is what I need to do to make the money back. Like this should not be this like, you know, arbitrary guessing game of like, you know, let me throw this in and let me throw that in. And like, when will I get it back? And I don't know if I'll get it back. Like you can really sit down and kind of simply, you know, from an entry level perspective, calculate this stuff out so that you know when you will see your investment come back. Like when I, whenever I invest in my business, there's a lot of anxiety around that. Like, it's not like, you know, I'm just like throwing money into the wind and like hoping for the best, you know, there's a plan in place. Like I'm investing this much money, but I am doing this because I know this will hopefully be my return. And this is when I will be able to make it back. And then from right. there, it's like, okay, great, let's start profiting. But it's not like I'm just 
guessing how much I'm I'm willing to invest. Yeah. And are you actually crunching the numbers? Like I'm just thinking in my business because it's an easy number and I know I know my own mm-hmm. numbers. I don't know your numbers, but um, you know, I charge $750 for a two-week virtual consultation. But you know, most of the women who enroll in my program, they start their pricing at like maybe let's say $500, which is an easy number to do math yeah. with, right? Mm-hmm. And so if they're gonna start their business with an investment of $5,000. And it's going to cost them, you know, two or $3,000 to take a course and another maybe $1,500 to have a website made for them. And they're going to pay for a couple of things like Canva and Acuity and whatever, right? right? Like a couple of business cards and Mm -hmm. right. And thank you notes. And and there's your, you know, $5,000, right? Yeah. And, and they have to have it in their minds. Like, okay, if I'm setting my pricing at $500, then I need to make, I need to have 10 clients Yes, to get a return on my investment. And based on let's go back to time, like how many hours I have to spend on my business per week or per month, you know, I'm going to aim to get two clients a month or three clients a month and make a return on investment in X amount of months, right? Is that how you're sort of wrapping your head around it in your business? Is that sort of what it looks like for you? Yes, that's exactly what it looks like. And then also to keep in mind that you know, what you're comfortable, what your goal, what your financial goal is, let's say at the end of the year. So let's say you invest the $5,000 and then you're making money from your clients. Like you're putting money back into, like you're paying off your debt to yourself. Basically, you can still go and continue to spend that money over and over and over again. Um, if you're okay at the end of the year, breaking even, you know, versus this is it, this is all I'm putting in. As soon as I put it in, like I need to just everything I make goes back into that, you know, pot of like re, you know, paying myself back or my family's funds back or whatever. Because I think, you know, a lot of women too feel guilty taking money from their family or from their kids. When in reality, I mean, a lot of the people that I work with probably don't need that money to support their families and their kids, you know, but it is this guilt of like, why am I spending money on myself on this like kind of, you know, frivolous thing. And so I think one of the, the, like one of the most important things to think about as a woman, when it comes to your business and investing is to first understand like within yourself, what is holding you back if you have the money there. So, you know, is it that you don't feel like you're good enough? Is it that you don't feel like this business model will actually profit? You know, like that's a fair thing to not want to invest in something if you haven't really tried it out in the market yet. Like, you know, um, is it that you feel uncomfortable having to have this conversation with your partner about taking money from your family, you know, what is it? Like, what is the deal? Because, you know, a lot of women that are in the position to have taken that pause to focus on their family life um, are, are also in a position where they're, you know, being supported by their partner. Right. I mean, while they support their partner in other ways, of course, financially supported by by their partner. So it's like, I guess my question is like, if the money's there, like if you have it, what's holding you back? And then if you don't have it, 
like, go get it. You know, where do you go get it? Like I was just listening yesterday to um, the Goop podcast. Gwyneth Paltrow was interviewing Beatrix Dixon, who's the founder of the Honeypot. And it's a like organic um, feminine care product line that she just sold for valued at $380 million. Okay. And this woman started while she was working at Whole Foods and could barely make ends meet to pay her rent, you know? And she was like, I needed to find $500 to take the next steps to get this thing going. And she, you know, she hustled and she found that money and then she got that first investment. And I mean, just, it's kind of like, if you don't have the money, what are you willing to do to commit to get it? And if you have it, why is it sitting there and you're feeling uncomfortable about it? Yeah. I mean, I really connect with that. I I really connect with that because I, I'm not afraid to like figure it out. And, and so many women are, mm-hmm. and, and I think you're right. Like if the money is there, then like, wh- why are you not making a move? Why are you not investing? And I think it's really important to dig deep and not just say like, I don't want to spend the money. It's like, well, why? What, yeah, what why? are you afraid of? What are you yeah. afraid of? Because, and- it's like, you know, you can say like, you know, I've heard this. I've probably said this, you know, it's like for, you know, every cup of coffee, you know, you buy from Starbucks, like, you know, if you add that up, you would have this money to invest in X. But ultimately, that's not what it's about. It's not about like not doing something like buying your coffee that you love every day to find the money. It's like, it is, it's digging deeper. Like, what is it that you're comfortable spending money on all these different things in your life, but not this? Right, right. And I think, I think that we all have to be really honest with ourselves to get to the root of that. Um, would you say that as your business has grown over the years, you've become more comfortable with investing in yourself? Does it get easier? I think, well, yes. The short answer is yes. I also think just with age, I'm more comfortable investing in myself. You know, like I think you just start to under, well, hopefully start to understand your own worth you know, in this world and like what you deserve and you don't spend on things necessarily, or I don't spend on things that don't, you know, bring me like happiness in some way. And like, I don't buy a ton of things that make me feel guilty. You know, it's like, I think a lot of the guilt is gone from like my purchasing decisions and what I want for my life. And while I am more comfortable investing in my business, the further into entrepreneurship I get, it doesn't mean that it's any less scary or overwhelming or that there's any more of a guarantee that the money will come back. I think it's just an understanding of my own weaknesses and knowing that if I want to accomplish certain things at this stage in my life where I don't have as much time, my priority is my kids and my family, but I really, really also want my business to succeed, that I need to hire people to do the things that either I don't have time to do, that I'm procrastinating doing, or that I'm like just not good at. Yeah. So tell us about your business. Um, who are you supporting? What does your business look like today? I know mm-hmm. like you've evolved so many times. So, yeah. you know, we've known each other since we were kids and yeah. you've done a lot of really interesting things. Uh, what does your business look like now? How are you supporting your clients? 
So I primarily support mom entrepreneurs that are, as we were just discussing, entering this next chapter in their professional lives. So, you know, women that have left previous careers behind or taken a pause and are looking to start up again, um, either, you know, in consulting, primarily service-based businesses and some product-based, which is much harder and not as common for moms I've found. Um, and I do one-on-one coaching. Um, I'm launching an incubator program very soon that I've been working on for about a year. And that'll be a four-month program where we basically take someone from, you know, the inception of an idea or the beginning of, you know, a rebrand or just like a shift in their existing business model and um, take them through every single solitary step of, you know, building their business from, um, you know, visual identity, messaging, website, financial planning, marketing, um, you know, social media, kind of like everything that you would need to know, understand, be educated on. And we do all of the deliverables as well. So it's really like a all-inclusive incubator. I have my whole team that are like experts in different areas. So it really eliminates that uh, process of having to go out and find all of these different people. It's like, we're all here and we're all working together to help you kind of get this business up and running. And then just- is that like you coaching and supporting one person individually or is it group coaching? No, it's all, it's all individual. Okay. I just have to say out loud for everybody listening. Like I know Sarah's style. I know her aesthetic. I know the way she presents herself and her business and like legit anybody would be so lucky to have her vibe and her talents behind you. I mean, like, it's a no-brainer as far as I'm concerned. Like if Sarah could make everybody's business look as beautiful as her own, like thank you. We'd all we'd all be winning in life. Thank you. I'm actually in the middle of this like massive rebrand because I'm coming up on four years. And you know, I was kind of like, I've I've changed and I'm ready to kind of like shift the, you know the way it looks and feels. Well, I really like can't wait to see what that looks like. And I think you just have impeccable taste in general. You know, like if we go back to your pretty please days, oh, like you've you. always just had an eye for making things look really desirable. Thank <laughs> like, you. I always want to buy anything from like, uh, you know, I'll oh, buy your thank stuff. you. Well, I will say this from a behind the scenes perspective, I invested more this year in my business than I have in any business that, you know, any prior business. And I made so many mistakes and I grew way too fast than I was ready for, realized I did not want half the things that I built, scaled back down, like rearranged, you know, like it was just like, it was a lot. And, you know, I looked back and I was like, I really spent (laughs) like a lot of money um, in places that I didn't need to, and it feels really bad in the moment. But ultimately, I feel like, I mean, this is this is like a, it's cliche, it's cliche for a reason, but I just, I learned so much about how to do it again and like how to help clients not do what I did or, you know, understand how to think about scaling before you do it. And um, also ultimately like, figuring out not just what will make your business grow, but 
what you want from your business and what success looks like to you. Like what, where are you investing and why are you investing there? Um, and so now I feel really good about the the journey. Cause it's like, like I said earlier, like I have it plotted out. Like I know when I'm going to make the money back and it will come back because I won't stop until I do. Um, and I think that's kind of like, that's the lesson, you know, yeah, like, I think that is the lesson when it comes back. I, I was actually going to ask you and I forgot, but I'm glad you said that. I really, I truly believe that there are no bad investments. They're all learning lessons. Yeah. And as you pointed out, like they can burn in the moment, right? Like when you spend a bunch of money and you know, you hire somebody to help you and they turn out to be useless or they don't know what they're doing, or they make you promises about their skills or qualifications that aren't accurate. Like I've done that. I've hired yeah. bloggers who don't know how to blog. I've, you know, I've done all of that. Right. Um, but it's learning lessons because yeah. now I know how to spot those bad apples, you know, and that's a part of, that's a part of growth and, you know, it burns in the moment and then you move on, you carry on and it's on to the next. Yes. And also going back again to investing a certain amount of money that you're comfortable with so that should something go wrong in the moment, you're not left like, you know, I can't buy, you know, X, Y, and Z for my kids because I overspent or I can't do this other thing. It's like that money was already in your pot, in your honey pot, you know? It was allocated, right? Yes, it was allocated. You were allocating to fail just as much (laughs) as you were allocating to succeed. Yeah, love it. Um, I will leave. I know you don't have a launch date just yet for your incubator program, but we will make sure that uh, there are ways to contact you. Do you want to share a website or social media before we wrap up? Yes. So uh, you can find me on themomentgroup.co on social. That'll be relaunching pretty soon. Also, themomentgroup.co is the website as well. And then right now I am just sharing kind of like my founder experience and life behind the scenes at, what is it? (laughs) Hey, Sarah Alter. I just switched it over. Yeah. Okay. Thank you so much for taking the time to do this with me. I hope it won't be another three years before we do it again. I know. 20, see in 2027, January. Yeah, we'll yeah. try and make it happen before that. Okay. Thank you and congrats on all that you're working on. Thank you. And I can't wait to see this newest launch. Thank you. Thank you so much for listening to this episode of the Becoming a Sleep Consultant podcast. If you enjoyed today's episode, it would mean so much to me if you would rate, review, and subscribe. When you rate, review, and subscribe, This helps the podcast reach a greater audience. I am so grateful for your support. If you would like to learn more about how you can become a certified sleep consultant, head over to my Facebook group, Becoming a Sleep Consultant, or to my website, thecpsm.com. Thanks so much, and I hope you will tune in for the next episode.